Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Uh, this is Christian Watson, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Go to Underdog Fantasy right now. Join the Best Ball Mania Contest with $10 million up for grabs, $2 million of that top prize. Use promo code ROSTER for a deposit bonus up to $100 on your first deposit at Underdog Fantasy. Joining me today, one of, one of the big stars, one of the big shining stars of the, uh, the fantasy football community. You know her well from her work at Yahoo!, her name is Liz Loza. You can find her on Twitter at Liz Loza, L-O-Z-A underscore F-F. Um, a bunch of content over there right now. She's also the host of Eckler's Edge with Austin Eckler. And that's coming back for next year, Liz. Are you guys, you guys going to run that thing back? Yeah, we got a season two. Um, that is exciting. We're going to change the format a little bit. It was a video show in its inaugural season 2021 but we're going to move to a podcast format with video because every podcast now is like a video podcast right so we're going to have a podcast and then also have a video show as a companion to it so we're expanding our reach hopefully um in season two so and that was one of the main questions that i wanted to ask you since i know you have this in with eckler and and i and i know you can't you can't give away any of your – well, first of all, we were talking about, about a, little, a little off air, and, and you mentioned that we might be able to kind of get into it on air. But I, I think that people would be interested. What's it like talking to a professional athlete, a guy that's like really fantasy relevant, uh, about fantasy football, this, you know, this game that some people – I don't necessarily always agree with the people who say that you know, it makes it all about the player's stats and it dehumanizes them as people and stuff like that. I think a lot of these guys – feel like the game brings some extra interest to them and some extra eyeballs to what it is that they do that might not be there. Um, you know, if people didn't have some sort of stake in what it was that they were, what it was that they were watching, like they do in fantasy and stuff like what is it, what is Eckler like? I mean, if he, he seems like he likes fantasy. I mean, he goes on some of these fantasy shows. He has a fantasy, his own fantasy podcast that he, that he does with you. What is it? What is that? What is that like talking with a talking with an athlete who's like right there in the middle of it, part of the game, as opposed to just another analyst? It's interesting. I think Austin would definitely agree with you that um, fantasy has allowed him to have an audience and a fanship outside of his role on the Chargers, right? The Chargers right now are an ascending team. I mean, 
the AFC West is my goodness. Like I'm sure we're going to discuss some of that. It is perhaps the most competitive division of in football, replacing the NFC West because basically the West is best, which I say is uh, a Los Angelino, (laughs) but um, regardless. uh, So while the chargers are booming now, it's still not like they get many home games, even when they're home in terms of audience reach. And so fantasy has allowed him to find new people and he's very interested says this regularly in really wanting to connect with other people that's a that's a huge driving force in his person and being and connecting and he has a wonderful foundation called the uh austin eckler foundation i believe and it does a lot of really incredible works for the local community and that's just a giant part of the incredible human that he is so fantasy for a lot of us we talk about connection and fantasy all the time and i know that the focus now for whatever reason, some some for whatever reason, some marketing guru has decided that everybody has to market fantasy as uh, content to help them win. Like you want to win, but if that were the truth, then people wouldn't be coming back year after year to lose. There's only going to be one winner mm-hmm. in your league, and yet we're doing it. And maybe it's fun to win, but I think the large majority, over seven million people, play on the Yahoo platform alone, and I believe that's the most popular platform. Oh yeah, by the far. most award-winning, yeah. right? Until it, right it, now, at least in my anecdotal experience, it certainly it certainly is. Yeah, yeah. And so, if seven million people are playing, and it's all about winning, we wouldn't have the retention that we do. And the hobby, sport, whatever you want to call it, wouldn't be growing at the clip at which it is. It's about connecting. And I think Austin recognizes that and really holds it um, as part of his identity and focus when talking about fantasy and when going on, when starting Eckler's Edge and when going on like at the draft, right? Like he announced a pick of the draft and the Amazon slash prime growth expansion package. And he, he said, he was like, Oh, come on. You guys know that even if you're not a fan of my team or the chiefs, because I believe that's the the matchup he was promoting, that'll be on Mm. the inaugural um, episode of the Amazon streaming product. Uh, he was like, you know, you, you know, I'm on your on your fantasy squad. You know, Mahomes is probably on your fantasy squad. Like he gets it. And yeah. It's really, I think a lot of the younger players too have been growing up with it. It's interesting. I've interviewed plenty of athletes and some hate fantasy because they feel like, and it's true, the community can be toxic and send nasty tweets or, you know, Raheem Mostert got death threats because he <laughs> hurt his knee, you know, yeah. like people are crazy. And so that is what they see of it. And we need to do better as a community and not treat people like they're you know, like you were saying, like they're just um, there for our pleasure mm-hmm. and benefit, right? That's not, you can't dehumanize humans and then expect them to feel good about it. On the other hand, those are more of the older players who didn't necessarily play fantasy themselves. I mean, when I was doing my, I had a rookie snapshot series over the month of August and I'm looking at some of these birthdays, Alex, and I'm like, this fool was born in the 2000s. I was a grown woman. I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm still a millennial, but I was like a grown woman in the 2000s. Like Mm -hmm. there is no, and these kids were born in 2000. We're going to talk about Isaiah Spiller. Like that man was born in 2001. And so they have just grown up with fantasy in a different way than those of us who like maybe discovered it in the mid aughts 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I I think that that's 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 interesting. And you brought up Spiller. I wanted to say I so I was I, I was there at the draft. You know, I was. I, but you know, I was I was doing radio and live streaming and stuff during it, so I didn't get in to Vegas? see. Every, you went in, you yeah, went to Vegas? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I try and go every year that they actually have that they actually have one. <laughs> you know, it's 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 been kind of it's been kind of um, it was kind of you know it's been kind of touch and go for a few years here. But it was man, it was awesome to kind of see all the festivities back and stuff this year. But uh, you mentioned Eckler made a pick. I think that. My, uh, I, I, I heard that Chase Claypool had to make the the uh, George, George Pickens, Pickens pick, pick. which yeah. is, must have been pretty awkward. I wish I would have been there to kind of see that with with, with my own two eyes. I wonder, uh, did Eckler make the second round pick for the Chargers or no? Do, he didn't. Do, I I don't know. I think he made the. Uh, I believe it was the first round pick. It wasn't. I would have remembered if it was Spillers. Okay. What you're at. Well, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> because like, what about Spiller? Because because here here here's here's the thing. Um, you know him. I, I know you're, you're not going to give any inside information about what this dude says off the air and stuff. But like, you have all this information that you've you know just gotten just um, just even just through osmosis, just being on the show with him the whole time. You know, is it true with what people say that this guy really wants like a backfield mate? Like, like is is that? Do you do you think that that's true? And do you think that Isaiah Spiller could fill that role? maybe better than other guys that they brought. I mean, they brought in Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree, both guys from the senior bowl in consecutive years that I, I liked, I thought could maybe make more of a splash. Neither of those guys is, uh, what is your thoughts on this? Do you think mm-hmm. that he really does want a backfield mate? I know for sure that Austin is very transparent. He said this nearly every single episode of Eckler's Edge last season, that he is self-aware and understands that his how he is built and is very in touch with his body and does not want a workload that will end up getting him hurt. The best available, like what is it? The um, I forget the phrase that Belichick uses right now. But oh, like, your best your best ability is your availability. Is your availability, yes. Yeah. Your best ability is your availability. And you know, in twenty twenty, he had some soft tissue issues. Eckler did, and I think he believes that that was in large part to maybe taking on a little bit too much. I would say that we should applaud that in a player because still, even if Eckler didn't have like, I think we were just so volume minded in Mm -hmm. fantasy and we're like, Oh, volume, volume, volume. And that's easy math. It makes a lot of sense. But if a player um, is efficient and doesn't need the sort of volume because they're staying at a level of health, that allows them to stay efficient, then we don't need this voluminous amount of opportunities. I would say the comp might be Christian McCaffrey. Like maybe if Christian McCaffrey were a little more self-aware about what his body could handle, he might be on the field a little more frequently, Mm -hmm. right? Two years in a row, we've seen him get dinged with soft tissue issues and be rushed back. I don't think he can handle the load that he is being given. And I don't think he has the um, self-awareness necessarily to say I can't handle it I also think that like that's probably a way that we coach players and raise players and says a lot about youth sports like you're going to play till it hurts and then these kids aren't able to say I can't do it and their careers are often you know abruptly ended as a result so I will tell you that yes when I have talked to Austin and said like hey do you want uh, somebody to shoulder the load with you he is fine with it. Like he knows he is not a goal line gremlin like Roundtree can be. Now you mentioned Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree. Like, listen, Joshua Kelly was a fourth round pick. 
out of UCLA, but that was under the old regime. Then the team under Lombardi, and we know Lombardi worked with Alvin Kamara and the skill set overlap between Eckler and Kamara in terms of their pass catching ability and their route running, which is something we don't talk enough about in this new PPR, like popular PPR style fantasy um, way of playing is that we know he's going to get a lot of reps as a receiver. Um, even if they come out of the backfield, like Larry Roundtree was a sixth, a sixth round pick. That's not a pretty high investment. I think that Spiller is quite a value. I mean, this was the RB three on most scouts rankings, right? Like almost every single scout had him as the RB three, certainly ahead of Dalvin cook's little brother. Right. Um, yeah. The thing about Spiller, though, is that, as I mentioned, he's 20. He will not turn 21 until August. There is a part of his game that you can tell needs some refinement, uh, certainly needs some reps. Like from a pass-catching point of view, though, we also we converted 74 of 101 targets over his college career. So we know that that is in his skill set. I'm not worried about... Spiller overtaking Austin because I don't think he frankly breaks enough ankle tackles. Um, and I think he's still not settled enough um, in his being. And he's got a little, there's some durability, make some choices that might get him hurt once in a while. Um, and so I think there will be, I think that this pick, my gut is telling me, and I have not discussed this piece of it with Austin, that this pick was an insurance slash look to the future pick yep. versus a mm-hmm. 2022 you are now in a 60 40 timeshare situation it makes perfect sense because and then if if you listen to what brandon staley said after the day three uh press conference whenever he talks about look we we like him because uh he can do a lot of the things that we want to see out of these guys he comes from a jimbo fisher offense so you know if you just watch him running routes he's just not just running these routes out of the backfield he's running these same route kind of right. like we've seen eckler like you run these exactly. routes that are actual pro routes where you motion out to the slot you, you you know and you run the actual routes where you're part of the progression you're not just the final dump down at the very end or it's some kind of screen or you know jailbreak or stuff like that and the only only running back that can do that on the chargers roster has been Justin Jackson, right? And he is perhaps like the least durable running yeah. back that we've seen. I mean, that guy is consistently hurt. Austin, again, Austin yeah, is out. A lot of he's it. out anyway. And, and so, like, and, and Eckler, Eckler, um, Eckler, uh, he's a, like the contract he signed, twenty-four million over four years. I mean, next next year is the last year that he's on that deal. I mean, I don't know what's. Gonna, I mean, neither of us know what's going to happen with that. But he's only owed. Um, you know, that final year, he's on a bargain deal, like seven million bucks. He's getting paid what James Conner is getting paid this year, next year. So it'll be interesting to see sort of what happens with that. But I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a situation where Isaiah Spiller was drafted to just come in and automatically be part of this committee as much as Austin Eckler would maybe love to have some of the load sort of taken off him. He feels like a little bit more of a redundant asset to me. So maybe we'll just see all three of those guys or whoever else cobble together some sort of complimentary time. There with Eckler. Okay. Um, what about so I saw your video with the Eric Edholm, who's been here on the pod a, a few times, where you guys were talking about um Jahan Dotson. I like so you so you're super high on Jahan Dotson. Is, I mean, I'm super high you, on his talent. Okay. I, I would say I'm super high on his talent. I, I think it was probably one of the smartest in real life football moves 
that a club could make in terms of acquiring a receiver. Um, I think Dotson has maybe next to Olave the highest floor of any receiver in this class. Like he is ready to go. He is in my estimation, the most mistake free receiver in this year's class. So if you are worried about an accurate quarterback and you have Carson Wentz and you already have Terry McLaurin on the other side of the field, like it does. I do. I think that a Tyler Lockett like career is available to Dotson, but let's also remember that it took Lockett a minute for him to come into his own. It doesn't feel like the, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it did take Lockett uh, a, a while, but we certainly, I, I think that that's a good, I never thought about that Tyler Lockett comparison. He, he, Dotson reminded me a lot. And of course we're talking, Jahan Dotson was taken by the Washington commanders. I think it picked 16, um, sort of the last of the top six wide receivers to kind of go there. Um, do, do you, do you think that with, Dotson, whenever we, I mean, do you, with, because with Carson Wentz, you mentioned him. I didn't quite understand what you're saying though, because you were saying something about an inaccurate passer. You think that this is good for Dotson because of his ability. Oh, because of no, his, I think his it, ability I, to it, separate. It, I think, I, I think that like Dotson has the best hands in the class. He has a great ability to separate. He is mistake free. And I think that he could help. So if you're worried that an inaccurate passer is going to sink the efficiency of your mm-hmm. offense, okay. because he's just, and I mean, Carson Wentz is going to Carson Wentz at moments, but I think that Dotson can at least save him enough times to keep him reeled in. Um, and so now you have like, we know what F what we know, what Terry McLaurin can do. We know we've seen him make those acrobatic catches. I think Dotson adds more balance to the offense, which should help keep Carson Wentz grounded. No, I, all right. Yeah. yeah. I totally, totally, totally get that. Okay. So one more, one more rookie thing. And I've got to ask you about some, some best ball and redraft stuff. Like, Wait, just- before we move on, on Dotson, because I feel like in, in, you know, you asked in the question um, in terms of fantasy, like everyone is super high on Sky Moore and Christian Watson. And I get like the Sky Moore, is attached to Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah, 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 totally. You know? I mean, nobody because every, everybody's nobody likes Dotson anymore. I mean, everybody liked him before the before the draft. Right. Then he goes to Washington and nobody likes him. And it's not like any of these other you know these other guys. Ola, I mean, list them off. Olave, Olave goes to Jameis Winston. Like Garrett Wilson gets Zach Wilson. Drake London gets Marcus Mariota. Like I'm sure, like uh, Traylon Burks gets Ryan Tannehill. Maybe Malik Willis. It's like you know, is it like is Jahan Dotson really getting that bad at down? I mean, Carson that's, Wentz. Yeah, is, that's the heart I wanted you. I mean, like I get the Sky Moore, but also Sky Moore is Golden Tate. Like it. It's not. It's not like. It's not like Jamison Williams landed in in Flip in Kansas City, right? Like, I don't think Sky Moore. Sky Moore is a ceiling play, yes, because of his yak, but mostly because he's attached to Patrick Mahomes, and I feel like there's helium added to the equation because of that partnership. And yet, I'm not seeing the same sort of like downgrade in I get it Jamison Jamis William Jamis Winston rather I'm, I get it let me start over. I get it Jamis Winston will certainly feed a receiver mm-hmm. but we're not sure like, is Michael Thomas 
on board? Like, do yeah. we know if Michael Tom what he what his feelings are today? Frankly, I know he tweeted that he was hap- hopeful and happy about them adding another Buckeye and that they have a, a friendship. But like, uh, is Alvin Kamara even going to be part of that equation? Like, we're I, I like Olave from a volume perspective, and Drake London hasn't been healthy for a minute. He's also proven to produce with some really back, bad quarterback play at USC. So I get it. But I think that if we're looking at like a pure floor perspective, Dotson, I'm not worried about him clearing 50 catches, right? I don't know if I'm going to – like it is possible that Drake London scores eight touchdowns. It's also possible that he scores one like um, – like – uh, what Pitts like Pitts did last year like remember when we walked into that situation like there was a world in which we were like oh Kyle Pitts is only gonna is, is gonna be a touchdown monster he scored oh. one touchdown last year and then know? the Cal and then the Calvin Ridley stuff happened and it was supposed to be wheels up and you know then right and we rest. forgot that he's a rookie who's learning the pos- learning the position and defenses were very quick to tape take him away so like I am high on London, like, but I'm just devil's advocate. We have to like think about all these things. And I think sometimes we just knee jerk, especially if you haven't studied the player and know the eccentricities of their skill set. It's just easier to bypass them because so-and-so is attached to this, this quarterback or, you know, is sharing the field with this other receiver. Okay, so I, I was going to get, only ask you one final question about Dynasty to, to wrap it up. But since we kind of got to start talking about guys, 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 talk, guys who are in, you know, tethered to good situations like Sky Moore. What about Christian Watson? Has the hype gone too far for a guy who, you know, never had more than – never averaged more than four catches a game in college and comes from a small school like North Dakota State and had to stay for five years um, just because he gets drafted – uh, you know, and they 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 did trade up to go get him in this. I, I think, yeah, they traded up to go get him in the second round. They didn't they give away like fifty two and fifty nine and move up in the forties to get Watson. I could be I could be messing that up, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, and he's connected to Aaron Rodgers, and so and presumably this pick had the sign off of Aaron Rodgers. They have they have receivers in Green Bay, but none of them really inspire any confidence at all. I mean, you're talking about Alan Lazard looking like he'll be the alpha, assuming. You know they take care of him post June one. Do you? Do, I mean, do you think that the Christian Watson hype has gone too far now that he's a first round dynasty pick and a guy that's becoming clearly into play in the mid rounds of of um, early best ball and redraft leagues? I hate the pick. I mean, I'm, I grew up in Chicago, so my allegiance to the Bears loves the pick. Not that the Bears have anything. I mean, Minnesota is going to win that division, but um. Uh, <laughs> I I think it's. <laughs> do, do you think Minnesota is going to win the NFC North? Yeah. Okay. That's. that's I think this is going I'm to sorry. be a world of pain. I know no one's expecting it, but like I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be in a world of pain. Like everyone's like, oh, the Packers traded up in the second round, to, like you're saying, like to get their guy. Whoa! You mean to tell me that an MVS comp? Is Aaron Rodgers' guy? Did you not imagine? Like, what about the Tyler Dunn article from a couple of years ago? Not to mention the shade that we've watched on primetime television from Aaron Rodgers to MVS every time he can't corral a ball. Christian Watson has a career drop rate of 12.7%. Now, I know that the Packer stands are going to get on their high horse and be like, well, we've done pretty well with later round picks who did, had bad hands, Devontae Adams. 
Devontae Adams didn't bust out until 2016. Aaron Rodgers is 38. He does not have the benefit of time on his side. You can go point at Tom Brady and say, oh, it's being done. Or you can point at Drew Brees and say, oh, there was a cliff and he almost walked off of it. Like, this is not the same thing. Christian Watson, and this is where, I mean, I get it. Like, the analytics crowd is like, goes nuts because he really showed out at the senior bowl and he crushed the combine. Oh, yeah. I mean, what did he end up with? Uh, next gen stats gave him the 99, like, nine, an overall athleticism score of the max of mm. 99. So everyone's going crazy. But again, how many times have we seen high ceiling spark monsters take time to develop because they don't understand the nuance of the game. It, this is bananas to me. There are two over 220 targets available. Absolutely. In, um, in green Bay. We also know that Aaron Rodgers is not a particularly forgiving or easygoing quarterback. And that this could, and that he admitted that when he signed his deal, he was fully expecting Devonte Adams to come back. So, I mean, this feels a little bit like I got my bag and I'll try to figure it out. He also said that he would prefer to have Traylon Burks or Jamison uh, Williams. And my question to the Packers is, why didn't you go get them and trade up in the first round and make your quarterback, who again, is not the like, I don't know, biggest wallflower. He's not Matt Ryan, right? Like mm -hmm. he's not super affable. Right. Why didn't you make him happy then? But you're going to wait when you saw the picks fall out in the first round and be like, oh shit, I guess we got to do something now. I don't know for a 38 year old quarterback who's holding a giant bag. That's one way to roll. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. <laughs> all very good points Liz for sure all right so you're 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 not in on uh you're not in on Christian Watson just one more rookie thing so if you have to choose one rookie who you just you're positive you know it, it can just be somebody who you who you really like who's who's gonna exceed expectations if it's not Christian Watson you got any of these running backs or wide receivers that we haven't discussed who you just who you think you know, I think this is somebody who's this is I think yeah, this is I think the community um, even for redraft, not just dynasty is largely sleeping on David Bell, okay. um, out of Purdue. I yeah, really, I really like him. Um, I think a lot of people are staying away from discussing him because of the Deshaun Watson specter that looms large over the situation and the, and the slow 40, the four, six, five, did, did he run the four, six, five, but Hey, like, Look, I'll let you talk about have, it. But he, I, I think mean, that that's what. Speed. You're right. Yeah, it, it feels like it feels like a lot of the steam on a lot of the steam came off David Bell at the combine too. I think that there's that kind of cloud. There's also the cloud of Deshaun Watson. Is he going to play? Is he not? But I mean, but, I didn't mean to cut uh, you off. Deshaun Watson's going to play. Like, yeah. there's a report out today. He's not going to face a trial until if he faces a trial. It's not going to be until the season. He's going to play. I, I, everyone needs to just like accept it. Whatever your feelings are about it, you can choose not you like also side note, if you don't like it. You don't have to watch it. 
you have the power of the purse. It's the power is yeah. in your hands. So you don't have to be a part of it if you don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. If we're talking statistically and we're talking talent, Deshaun Watson's a pretty damn good quarterback, which is, by the way, why we're here. And right. Amari Cooper has been added. And Amari Cooper may not have like evolved at the pace that so many of us expected out of Alabama. And he's on his third team, but he's still a pretty good route runner and he's still going to command defensive attention. And that allows David Bell, who I think is probably, it's so trite to say a player plays tough, but David Bell just plays Mm -hmm. tough. Like that is, and I think that that is a lot of what the culture in Cleveland needs to be centered around right now. Um, he had more, if you look at David Bell, he had more contested catches than Drake London. And every time I hear a fantasy wonk screaming about Drake London, it's about his contested catchability. In fact, uh, David Bell had 41 since 2019 and he went to Purdue. Like, I think that means something I think we're probably to me. David Bell is at his floor, Muhammad Sanu at his ceiling, Devontae Adams. And if you are going to use the attached to a quarterback argument that we just talked about, then Deshaun Watson can certainly drag him closer to his ceiling than his floor. That's a great answer. And and, and the other thing is, too, is that Andrew Barry or uh, yeah, Barry um, at, at his press conference with, uh, with with Stefanski, he was saying that he was saying that David Bell is a guy who could play inside and outside. I think they're going to start him out in the slot because they really like they really like him there just as a ready made kind of Jarvis replacement. Like you said, tough tough player makes the tough catches over the middle, gritty. But he said he could play outside too, which makes you think this is a team that's going to run a lot. If they go to two tight end sets, I think it'll be a I think it'll be a Mari Cooper and David Bell on the other side as opposed to a Donovan Peoples Jones or one of these other dudes. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see. They they love him though for sure, and I think that's an excellent call. It's, he's he's because he's definitely being being slept on one hundred percent. All right, what about on best ball? Do you think that because here here's here's one that's interesting to me is with uh, at the three four turn two guys with with D initial names. Who, who I have tried to trouble picking between and DK Metcalf and DJ Moore. Of course, DK Metcalf, we know no more Russell Wilson. That offense could stink. It's a bad quarterback situation, no matter what happens with Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Um, and then there's DJ Moore, who has another up in the air quarterback situation, um, but who, you know, consistently gets a ton of, ton of targets. He just, he, he hasn't been the DK Metcalf monster that we've seen. Do you have a preference between DK Metcalf and DJ Moore if you're yeah. picking their late third, early fourth, and these early best balls? I love this question. I love a question that I get where I'm like, oh, I got to do some research. I got to think about this one. <laughs> okay. So thank you. And I found it interesting because I was like, huh, I wonder what I did in my rankings. Now my like early rankings, my early wide receiver rankings are still being tweaked with. So like, don't everybody listening, don't go out and run. I'm still working on my wide receivers. Running backs are pretty set. Quarterbacks are pretty set. But um, it's May. welcome to it man it's crazy dude um um, i have these guys at my first like run through of wide receiver rankings back to back with metcat at 16 and more at 17 okay and i thought about it and i thought like is drew no one's disputing whether or not drew lock is a downgrade but do we think that sam darnold is going to hold on to this job or do we believe it's going to be Matt Corral? And is Matt Corral and or, um, I almost called him Sam Bradford. <laughs> um, that, that's something. Close, uh, close. Sam Darnold, right? Yeah. Are Sam Darnold slash Matt Corral a downgrade from Drew Locke? 
Also, by the way, DJ Moore, you said it like this is another metrics maven, another like spark monster that like net hasn't fully put it together, like hasn't hit the ceiling that his measurables would imply is within his skill set. So I'm going to take Metcalf because he has been more consistently amazing than more. I am. I, I'm just, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at our, I'm looking at our rankings and I, I have them. I have them ranked too far apart. They need to be ranked. They need to be ranked a little bit closer. Like, just let me ask you: You have Amari Cooper over DK Metcalf at this point, don't you? You have Amari Cooper over him. I need to get Amari Cooper over Metcalf. I think I need to get Mike Evans over DK Metcalf, which I don't have. Um, um, but I think I can get him down to. I think I can get him down to around fifteen or sixteen where you have him. I think that's probably the better spot. It's, I have Metcalf sixteen, more yeah. seventeen, Cooper eighteen. So they're all okay. in that. Team. So in the same tier. So we're yeah. talking about the same bucket here. Okay. Um, what uh, there was there was there was another kind of just something. That, look, another guy that's kind of in that bucket, at least if you go by ADPs, is Chris Godwin. And I've yeah. and I've I've been I, I I read this study and I thought it was interesting. It was from the uh, from the journal the the Orthopedic Journal of Sports Medicine by these by this. These doctors like Dr. Manor, I, I can't even pronounce the last name, but it's these doctors from um, it's these doctors from the, the University of Arizona. Right. And this is just interesting for me. Wide receivers coming off of uh, ACL tears and reconstructions. This since dating back to 2006, the yards per reception goes from 12 in the following year. So people have come back. Right. But in the in the return, in the immediately in the immediate year. return, which 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 on average is 13.6 months, which seemed a lot higher to me than I think we it, all it, think nine it, months is the is our assumption. It, and doesn't that feel like a trailing average? Because this thing goes back to like oh six. And so there's yeah. there, there, there have been advances since then. But still, um, the yards per reception goes down on average. From 12.7 to 9.9, the receptions per game on average goes from 2.9 to 1.9. And receiving TDs on the season goes from an average of 3.7 to an average of 2.12. I just said, geez, like that's that's eye-opening. I mean, are people forgetting that Chris Godwin's hurt? Like, are, I mean, are we just baking in the fact that people are – are people just not acting like he's – I is it, has there been reporting saying there's no way he's going to start the season on Pup? I mean – what am I missing here? It's, uh, it feels like people are just taking him a little bit early for a dude to have to. I guess for best ball, it kind of makes kind of makes sense because whenever he starts to come back in and play, you can just get that. You don't have to worry about holding this dead weight on your roster. But I mean, how are you going to handle this? And do you think people are kind of forgetting about the fact that this dude's hurt? I moved him outside of like just outside of my top forty. Oh, okay. All right. So So, you're not forgetting that he's hurt. No, I also do a series called Rest versus Rust with. an orthopedic surgeon, he's an orthopedic surgeon at USC and the team doctor there. Um, and so I go in depth on a player returning and like use his medical expertise, like your site citing. So this year, um, Chris Godwin is on the list of guys I want to de- dig in on. Um, I did Kenny Galladay last year and I'm like, I was like, you guys don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you, the doctor mm. thinks he has a hip impingement. And I was like, you don't know anything. They don't pay a receiver this much money. And I was like, the giants will. <laughs> but um regardless so it's a, it's a fun series and i love that you're investigating this i think we are so knee-jerk about no pun intended about um acl injuries in particular because the recovery time has increased so much i mean like obj 
tears his ACL for the second time um, in the Super Bowl, and we're like, oh, he'll be back by November. Like, and we're already doing the math, which mm-hmm. I, I get, and I think you're 100% right. Like, yes, players come back, but they don't, it takes, every, everything takes time. Evolution takes time. I also think that while the focus has been on Tom Brady retiring and then unretiring, and then again today announcing that he's going to, you know, go to the booth for Fox after he officially retires again. Mm. Um, (laughs) The the Bucks have forgotten. We have forgotten that, you know, Ali Marpet also retired, right? Like they don't, yeah, they got Jensen. They paid Jensen, the setter. They've got Smith, Wirfs and Kappa all coming back. Well, I think I'm not, not sure. Not the same line. Well, so cap, so is Kappa, Kappa not maybe? Didn't didn't Kappa? I, he might be. I think Kappa went to the Bengals. I think that he was part of that Did big he? hall. I think it's part oh. of the big hall that the Bengals at. But so this, so they're losing they're losing him. And here's the other thing that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to pay Donovan Smith soon. And they're like there's all kinds of stuff that's. I mean, for this year they're gonna have their tackles. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting there. Like definitely in the middle with the guards for those guys. It's it's um. It's all things that all things we definitely need to take into consideration. But I'm 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 very interested to hear that you know you're you're definitely lower on God. It just it it doesn't it, it, it doesn't feel like, like I'm here like, anywhere. No, like, you know, I, I like, think for me, Chris Godwin is like I'm taking Marquise Brown ahead of him, but like he's in that Marquise Brown type area. But I'm not. But like I'll take him. Bef- I'll take Chris Godwin before I take Traylon Burks. But after I take Marquise Brown, if that makes sense. Perfect sense. I, I, I'm I'm very mindful of your time, Liz. But I I, I want to ask you. you just to, I just want to ask you one more question that's on the same thing, and then one kind of two part question. I'll get you out of here. Just so, on are, are are people forgetting about Al, like about forgetting about things? Are people forgetting about Alvin Kamara and his Pro Bowl incident in Las Vegas? With him punch like him punching that port like did you see pictures of the dude like he he I think he knocked the dude out pretty pretty well and I haven't heard anything really about what the NFL is going to do with this. Um, do you have any insight about like what you think? They've or, been like, occupied. <laughs> yeah, like what you think is going to happen? Or so, I mean, are, are are people discounting? Are people just kind of just shrugging it off saying, ah, oh, it's Kamara. Like he'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll make it work. I'm still taking him in the top six running backs with stuff. And to me, it just feels like a giant risk. Uh, well, I think you're right. But I also feel like that is running backs. Like honestly, outside of Jonathan Taylor, do you feel good about Derrick Henry? Can you feel good about Austin Eckler? We just talked about Spiller. Like I, I think so, but can you feel good about Christian McCaffrey? Um, I, I feel like maybe I feel better about Joe Mixon than most people ever have. You know, I, I always draft Joe Mixon in like my top 10 and people love to hate on me for it. But mm-hmm. I, it's interesting because I am working on a piece right now for Yahoo Sports um, about three question mark vets and their, and three rising stars that could potentially leapfrog them. Um, and I'm, I'll give you guys the teaser now. It's Derrick Henry and Brees Hall. So like can Brees Hall potentially outproduce Derrick Henry? Um, and then it's, J.K. Dobbins and Christian McCaffrey. Can J.K. Dobbins leapfrog Christian McCaffrey? There's like some overlaps and skill sets here, which is why I was choosing them. And then the last one is, can Travis Etienne, who comped exactly to the ceiling of Alvin Kamara coming out of the 2020 draft process, leapfrog Alvin Kamara? And I mean, I'm going to discover and analyze those pairings in the piece. But for me, 
I'm a little bit more interested in Travis Etienne than I am Kamara. So I think that answers your question. <laughs> I love it because I'm, in, dude, I'm so into Etienne this year. <laughs> it's, it, that, yeah, dude, that's, that, that is, and, and that article that's out or it's coming No, out? that will go live. That will publish on Thursday, okay. Thursday or Friday of this week. Well, you guys, of course, make sure and go follow Liz uh, on Twitter. Can you do one more Liz question? So, hold on. Before we yeah. go out of here, this is one of my favorite questions. No one has asked me this question. And again, I love questions that make me think. You wrote, is there an interesting stat? Oh, did I? I'm sorry. I skipped yeah, that. yeah. Go ahead and ask me. This is my favorite. Okay. All right. No, no, no. It's just, it's just, it's just for me. It's like, okay. Like, is there a stack that you like it best? Because people like to stack quarterbacks with wide receivers, especially in these best ball tournaments or just stack team situations. Because sometimes, you know, if the quarterback throws the pass to the receiver, it's, it's just like in DFS, right? In best mm-hmm. ball, you want these big, big scores. You want these teams to be sort of associated to where you might double up your points or, you know, you just stand a better chance with correlating players. So do you, is there a situation, what did I say? Like, is, is, is there an interesting stack that you can, you can get a value? I mentioned to you that the pieces associated with guys like Mahomes and Rogers got cheaper this year. So I found myself being able, you know, before it's like, you got to get Mahomes, you got to get Tyreek Hill, you got to get Kelsey. It's like really expensive to do that. Mm-hmm. Are, are, are there any interesting stacks that you've identified? So let me first say, Again, love this question. I love when people make you think strategically in new ways. My answer to this question last year was every piece of the Chargers I can get. And Keenan Allen was at a value. People were still questioning Herbert. You know, like there were some there were some moments here. For me this year, it is the Raiders. Give me car. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Give me car. And I know that we're all like like Carr's got this narrative that runs around it, but Carr, (laughs) what he did yet last season given all of the off the field and on the field nonsense that was thrown his way. Now he gets Devonte Adams. They're not strangers to each other. Fresno state connection is real. And if I could get car Adams and Renfro and probably a- avoid the expense of the Waller piece, that is a value stack that I am very interested in throwing a couple of lineups behind. Renfro's ADP has just been plummeting too. Ever since the Devonte Adams stuff, yeah. it's just, it's, so you can get, even though Derek Carr is getting a look, I think people are starting to get wise to the Derek Carr stuff, but the uh, Hunter, Hunter Renfro has been falling. Of course, Devontae Adams has been falling. People don't like him, his situation as much these days with Derek Carr as they did with Aaron Rodgers. So that's an excellent, I hadn't even thought about the Raiders. That's a very sneaky one. What do you think about the Jets? If you were to do, I mean, this is like, this is like, well, Wilson, Wilson, and more. Again, yeah. I, I don't, I don't. This is a bigger value. Like, I don't love it necessarily, but if we're like throwing darts at ceiling plays, yeah, I mean, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore's ADP has fallen from Jesus. I mean, Elijah Moore's ADP is now at 59. So we're talking fifth, sixth round turn, whereas you used to have to take him at least in the four, I mean, at least in the fourth round, you know, before the whole Garrett, Garrett Wilson thing. So Garrett Wilson himself right now, ADP, right. It, uh, it's not quite as high. Garrett Wilson's ADP is actually fallen with, because people probably, you know, he was being taken to pick 81.5. Now he's at 91.3. People probably think well, Garrett Wilson, the idea was, Oh Jesus, he's going to Zach Wilson. You know, he's going to the jets. I was hoping he would, you know, hoping, you know, he'd go to the Saints or go to Green Bay or, you know, he'd fall to later in the later in the first round to go to one of those good teams. So you're getting value on Elijah Moore. You're getting value on Garrett Wilson. Zach Wilson's free, 
right? There's a mm-hmm. bunch of there's a bunch of tight ends too that you could throw in. You mean what do they brought on the like Tyler Conklin and a bunch of these and guys? CJ Uzoma. Yeah. So they, I mean, yeah. So there's there's definitely. I mean, I I love the idea of that especially especially when you can make those stacks with the quarterback and best ball that you're going to be taking as your second quarterback, right? Because mm-hmm. you you know that you can just you, you can just say like if this does happen and I do manage to land two of these pass catchers on this team, then I can just sit back and wait till around fourteen or fifteen to, to even take the quarterback to fill out the stack. It's it, that's an interesting. So that's another great one, Liz. Liz coming on here with the, all the sharpest ideas. Of <laughs> course, uh, you can find her on Twitter uh, at Liz Loza underscore FF. She is Liz Loza from Yahoo. Um, bunch of articles coming out. I mean, I think the best way to find your articles is probably just to go to your Twitter, right? Just go to your Twitter and you link everything there. You said there's an author page on Yahoo though. Yeah, there's an author page. If you, if you go to my Instagram, so it's at Liz Loza underscore FF on Twitter and Instagram. My author page is linked in my bio on my okay. Instagram bio. So you can find it there too. There you go. Find it, find it on the, find it on the gram. All right, Liz, final question. This is the, this is, this is the big one. This is the one I said, I got to find out. I got <laughs> the people want to know what Liz Loza thinks about the sixth round and <laughs> the sixth round. So you, 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 you get out of all the super, super sexy picks at the very top, right? But still important picks to your fantasy football team for best ball and for redraft. I'm going to read you off these names and I want you to tell me the, the player who out of this list is most likely to sink your team. If you take him at this spot and the player who is most likely to be a league winner if you take him at this at, at this spot, okay? And so here they are: Allen Robinson, wide receiver Allen Robinson, with now with the Rams, running back Josh Jacobs with the Raiders, quarterback Jalen Hurts, Eagles, wide receiver Elijah Moore, we just talked about Jets, wide receiver Rashad Bateman, Ravens, running back Elijah Mitchell, 49ers, wide receiver Darnell Mooney, Bears, wide receiver Brandon Cooks, Texans, wide receiver Amon Ross, St. Brown. Lions, wide receiver Drake London, now Falcons, wide receiver Devontae Smith, Eagles, and quarterback Tom Brady, the GOAT for the Bucks. So can let's let's start out with the one that's gonna sink people. Darnell Mooney. He's gonna sink people. Yeah. He's gonna sink you. He is. Again, I said it was a bear You know why? He's not a wide receiver one. I'm sorry. This is another volume play. You don't know the talent. He is not a number one receiver. He is going to be taken away. Our, our friends in Chicago, my friends in Chicago decided to add uh, Velas Jones, who is, I don't know, my age. It is not a great idea. There is nobody to compliment him with Allen Robinson gone. I think it is disastrous. I am thoroughly disgusted by the lack of investing in Justin Fields. I think Darnell Mooney will sink you. <laughs> Hurts to say. <laughs> Uh, there's so many people that love Darnell Mooney. There, there really are. They're like, I can't believe that he has that many stands out there, but he certainly does. All right, uh, out of the uh, so out of those guys uh, that I mentioned again, if you want to hear it, you can just listen back to the names I just read off. I'm not going to read them off again. Liz, who's who out of those guys is most likely to win you your league? There are two to three, but I'm going to say two that I'm particularly high on. I like the if I can get Jalen Hurts in the sixth round. Now that if that stands, I can't believe that ADP. I'm going to believe that that's because they like uh, rankings have not caught up to the AJ Brown addition. It could be, and that that's going to go up. I mean, I have him ranked inside my top ten. Like, there's no way that you're actually going to get Jalen Hurts in round six. 
So I will say Devonta Smith, because while his volume might, I'm also not hundred percent sure that Jalen Hurts is going to hold the job. We love him in fantasy for the rushing potential, but I'm not hundred percent sure that he doesn't get yanked at a certain point because he's not the world's best passer. And I think that probably the coaching staff in front office believes that AJ Brown is a physical enough and a polished enough receiver that he could drag um, any passer into production. And so, uh, so I'm going to say Devonta Smith also because while his volume might take a hit, I think that Brown and Smith complement each other so beautifully do such different things. Mm-hmm. And Devonta Smith was not supposed to be the team's ex. That's he's not well, he weighs 140 pounds. Like that's not <laughs> his job. And so last year he was forced into that role. And I think this year he will, you can move him around more. He can be the finesse speed player that he's meant to be with AJ Brown pulling coverage. And so I think Devonta Smith, I love that pick in the sixth round. I think he is a league winner. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.